Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. For a time is coming, Second Timothy 4. When people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers. Here's the key. Who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject, say it with me, the... That is the key to everything. They will reject the truth and chase after mist. All around the world, in churches large and small, people are rejecting the truth in God's Word, the Bible, and choosing to follow someone else's view about life. Entire churches and denominations are claiming that the narrow way to God is too narrow and opting for a wider, more inclusive path. Pastor Mark will be teaching about this falling away and how the Bible predicted that it would happen. You'll hear about the warning signs that indicate that what scriptures call the end times are approaching. You'll be warned to open your own eyes and to get your house in order while you still can. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 as he begins his message, The Rapture, the Antichrist, and the Tribulation. While we were on vacation, Linda and I were in Denver. We were visiting our son, his wife, our daughter, her husband, and the grandkids. One day I was riding with my daughter to get some groceries. And we were on a four-lane highway, two lanes going that way and two lanes coming this way. And we were just talking, and all of a sudden, everybody stopped. This side and that side, and I'm, we're thinking, man, what happened? What, what was up ahead? Was there an accident? Somebody got hurt? Somebody on a bike? Whatever. And we couldn't tell. And then a few moments later, we could tell. Here was a mother deer crossing all four lanes. <laughs> Thank God. And uh, didn't get hit, didn't get hurt, didn't anything. So we're going, wow, that's really great. And we sit, and we sit, and we sit. And I'm thinking, well, what's happening now? Both sides of the road are blocked. Nobody's doing anything. Here comes little fawn walking by and didn't get hit. Amen? I'm thinking, mother, you need a class in taking care of your child. (laughs) This is not good. Well, Paul knew the danger of baby believers trying to do life on their own to cross the roads of life. We begin chapter 2, verse 1. Concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him, we ask you, brothers and sisters, remember, he's talking to a church of new believers, 
Not to become easily unsettled or alarmed by the teaching allegedly from us, whether by a prophecy or a word of mouth or a letter asserting that the day of the Lord has already come. The day of the Lord is not a day. It's a time period, including the rapture, the tribulation, the second coming of Jesus, and so forth. So the main purpose Paul is writing this second letter is because there was some kind of fake news, misinformation that had circulated in the church, whether it was a prophecy or whether somebody wrote a letter and put Paul's name on it, which was totally false. They were saying the rapture had already come, and now, because of all the persecution they're experiencing, we have moved into the seven-year tribulation. He had taught them about that before. But Paul says, no, that's not true at all. And he says, that rapture never happened. And I know you think you're in the tribulation because you're suffering persecution. Now, what kind of persecution were they suffering in this new church with lots of new believers? Well, number one, Remember, when the church got started, Paul was actually there himself, and then he wrote two letters to the church. It was mostly Jews, and a few Romans, pagans, came in, and they were kind of talking about the one true God. And then Paul came and said, well, no, it's not about just the one true God. Jesus Christ came. He died for our sins. And so the Jewish people, a few of the Jewish people went, really, that was the Messiah? Okay, we're going to get saved. Most of the other Jews said, get out of here. Not interested. That's a lie. He wasn't the Messiah. And the Romans who were there going, wow, you mean I can have my sins forgiven? Yes. So you had Romans and Jewish people, but Romans outside hated, hated Jesus and these new believers. And the Jews outside hated these new believers. So all of a sudden, there's all kinds of things happening. That's why Paul wrote the letter to try to encourage them. Now, When Paul was in Ephesus, he said to the people, and it applies to us today, God gave us five, or we could say four ministry gifts, evangelists, so forth, and pastor teachers to build up the church so the people in the church no longer are babies. As you know, when you become a Christian, it doesn't matter if you're 83 and you become a Christian, everybody starts as a what? a baby Christian. That's the way we all do. All of us have. And so watch what Paul writes as he's teaching them. And that's why you're here today. Not all of you, of course, are baby believers, but we continue to grow. Then we will no longer be infants, babies, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. So Satan through all of that deception, was trying to destroy these brand new believers. That's why when people come to Christ that are brand new, we get them plugged in. We get them to be water baptized. We get them into a small group where they can learn about God. We get them to a new believers class where they can begin to grow. So that's what Paul is saying. And these were new believers, and he's saying, you've just been deceived. By Satan. Now, they wouldn't really have understood all that, although he taught it. They're brand new. So they didn't probably realize, well, we're in a spiritual warfare, but it wasn't really Satan that did that. Yes, it was. So he sets the truth that the rapture has not occurred and they are not in the tribulation. So just take a look at this fairly quickly and we'll come back to it later. Now, when the church got started, the present church age, 
And that was on the day of Pentecost. We'll talk about that more later. And then the next thing that's going to happen as the church goes through is the rapture, which I'm going to talk about right there, where all believers on earth instantly go to heaven, instantly go to heaven. Then the tribulation, which I'll talk about in in depth, seven years where the Antichrist appears, that will happen. And of course, at the end, we get the second coming of Jesus. We get the thousand-year millennial. At the end of that, we get a new heaven and a new earth. And by the way, all the way through all that, we get a new body. Could I hear an amen? That you can get up in the morning and go, oh, my heaven, no, it never happened again. Perfect. You look good. There's no pimples here, ladies. You have don't, no makeup. Praise God. And uh, all kinds of things will happen. And that's where we're going. So, He says, no, the rapture didn't occur. We're not in the tribulation. Impossible. It never happened. Then he explains to us two things. How many? Two things that have to happen before we get into the tribulation. So I want you to see that. Verse 3. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come until the rebellion occurs. The tribulation will not start until there's first a rebellion. So Paul says, you're not in that. Two things have to happen first. So keep on watching. These are the two things that we have to watch for. We're here today, 2,000 years later. The tribulation will still happen. The rapture will still happen. We have to look at this. Now, these events really apply to the tribulation. Now, here's key number one. Paul declares that before the day of the Lord, which is that whole series, basically, the tribulation starts, a spiritual rebellion will happen in the world, specifically in the church. Now, that word rebellion means apostasy or a falling away or to depart. In other words, what he's saying is, in the church before even the rapture happens, and then, of course, after the tribulation, there'll be a great denial, a deliberate turning away from those people who profess that they knew Christ. They sit in a church that looks like they know Christ, but there's a rebellion, and they will abandon God and the truth of the Bible. Now, Paul also warned about this to a young protege who was a pastor of a church, Timothy. Look at 1 Timothy 4.1. The Spirit clearly says that in, notice these two words, later times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. So we are seeing this happening in the church. Now, remember, Satan's a deceiver. And when you abandon God, it doesn't go like this. You get up on Sunday morning and you love God. Monday morning, you get up and say, well, I'm going to abandon God. I'm not interested in this anymore. No, it never happens like this. Watch me. That's the way it happens in your life. He's a deceiver. Now, I'm going to give you one example. I'm not trying to highlight this guy, but I want you to see this. Now, some of you know this person, Joshua Harris. I am not a Christian. Well, that doesn't mean anything to us unless you know his history. Jonathan Harris was a very popular writer of Christian books. His first big book was this, Kiss, Dating, Go By. You don't have to date. You shouldn't be dating. God will just bring somebody to you. And I understood what he was writing about. I never did believe that. I don't see it in the Bible. But if you just wait till Jesus brings you somebody, 
Could be sometime you'll be 86 and then he finally brought you somebody. So holy dating, I believe, was fine. So, but he wrote many other books, but that was the small part. He was the lead pastor of a huge mega church, evangelical church, up in the East Coast from 2004 to 2015. Thousands and thousands of people over those years came to the Lord. In those 11 years, so many people came to the Lord, and the church was huge. In July this year, he put on all kinds of social media, and he says this, I'm separating from my wife. We're going to be divorced. And he no longer considers himself at all a Christian. And then he writes to the people of the gays and all of those kind of things to them. I'm sorry, I kind of taught that it's perfectly fine. God approves all of that. Don't worry about it. I'm just so sorry. And all of this, listen to his words. I have undergone a massive shift in regard to my faith in Jesus. The biblical phrase is falling away. Here's his last statement. By all the measurements that I have for defining a Christian, I am not a Christian. Now, how did that happen? Well, it's going to happen more and more and more. It didn't happen like that. I want you to just see the effect of Satan doing that. Let's say after all these years, 27 years, I come next week and announce I'm divorcing my wife of this year, 53 years of marriage. I'm divorcing her. And I have to tell you, everything I taught during the last 27 years, I don't believe anymore. It's just garbage. And I'm walking away. I am not a Christian. Would that have any impact on our churches? Think of the new believers that would be here. Oh, there's another one of those hypocrites. So what's Satan after? Steal, kill, and destroy. Well, Pastor Mark, it couldn't happen to you. Oh, yes, it could. It could happen to you. Not as a pastor, but just what? You think that happened in one day he decided to do this? No, it's Satan in there. And we're seeing that over and over and over again in churches. Many churches today, they won't teach all of this anymore. They're diluting it. They're moving away from it. And what we see is exactly what we're talking about. People abandoning the faith to do what they want to do. Paul writes it like this. Look at this. For a time is coming, 2 Timothy 4, when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers Here's the key. Who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear? They will reject, say it with me, the, that is the key to everything. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. Now, why would they do that? Because they've been deceived by Satan, the liar. And that's why you need a pastor to try to protect you, not just me, but our pastors, our elders. The deception out there in the world is incredible. 
And we have to be alert that the enemy is always looking for someone to devour. And it's you. It's about your family. It's about your relatives. It's about your kids. It's about your walk with God. Now, we know that Timothy writes this as well. You should know this, that Timothy, in the last days, there will be very difficult times. People only love themselves and their money. They'll be boastful, proud, making fun of God, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful. They'll be unloving, unforgiving. They'll be slandering others and have no self-control. They'll be cruel, hate what is good. What do you think we're seeing? Exactly what's written here. It's not about gun control. I'm not arguing about that. They just do what they want to do, kill people they like. Look what's happened today at a wedding overseas. It's amazing. Now, ISIS took advantage and said, we did this. 56 people or whatever it was that were killed. Now, the Bible just talks about this. Why? Over and over again. Listen to the last statement he writes. They will act religious, but reject the power that could make them godly. See, that's a church that looks good, but the power of the Holy Spirit isn't there. Well, wait a minute. You and I can't defeat Satan without the power of God. It's impossible. And so that's why we teach on being filled with the Spirit of God. Now, there was a time in the Old Testament, way back, thousands of years before. Here's what the people said. God, we're not really interested in your laws anymore. We're all going to do what's right in our own eyes. And that's what they did. That's exactly where many people are going today. We have to be careful. In the last days, the church is going to look religious, going to seem religious, but their actions don't match what they're saying. Their ungodly behavior will basically show them that they're not really living a Christian life. Now, the Bible talks about the danger of these things, of pastors, which I just read you on, and churches departing from that key word I told you, the truth. Now, remember, Jesus said what? I am the way, the truth, and the life. So when you abandon the truth, who does it start with? Jesus. That's what it's always about. Now, more and more we see this happening. The departing of the faith should wake us up that we're getting closer and closer to the rapture and the tribulation. This is not a time to be playing at your walk with God. Some of you today maybe have already started to drift away. You haven't abandoned God, but you're drifting away. That's the way Satan loves to use it. And you need to make a recommitment. Get back solid because I know exactly where he's taking you. And you can see it coming right here. Now, look at the next verse, verse 3. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way for that day the tribulation, the rapture, will not come until the man of lawlessness is revealed. The man doomed to destruction. So basically, Paul is saying, you won't see the tribulation until, look at key number two, before the day of the Lord starts the man of sin, the Antichrist, must be revealed. That man of sin must be revealed. Here's the church age where the church got started, day of Pentecost. Now, look up, up in top. There's the rapture. 
it happens. Paul says it hasn't happened yet. This next little green part is the seven years of tribulation. We'll talk about it later, dividing it, three and a half, three and a half. Now, look at the little monster up there. You know who that is? That's the Antichrist. And then, of course, all of that happens. Those seven years, the first three and a half years will be kind of very popular. The second is like hell on earth. Now, notice, there's a millennium. That's a thousand-year reign. Jesus comes back. You can see his second coming right there. Now, I want you to look at that slide for a minute. I woke up yesterday morning thinking about this. Look at this slide. I would say, and I don't have an exact number, obviously, 80% of people in our world have no idea of any of these things. Many of you don't. That's why we teach it. Do you know that many churches will never teach the book of Revelation? Now, why did God give us the Revelation, the book of Revelation, if you wouldn't teach it? God gave us the Revelation so we don't have to what? Guess. Think what's going to happen. We have to go, I don't know what's going to happen. Some of you are into football a lot. I like some of the NFL football, you know. So you're thinking, okay, I'm going to speculate. Who's going to be the number one this year? Is it going to be the Patriots again? No, it's probably going to be Miami. Yeah, right. (laughs) So see, what are you doing? You're speculating. But God gave us his word to reveal to us what's going to happen. Everything you see in that slide is biblical. It will happen to every single person. They will eventually see that. Now, if the rapture occurs and when it occurs, we'll talk about that in a moment, you'll never see the rest of that. You'll see the millennium, but you won't see any of the tribulation. Could I hear an amen right there? Yeah, because God doesn't call us to wrath. But the world doesn't know that. But here's the, here's the sad thing for us. Look at the start. You see a cross. There's billions of people that have never heard the name Jesus. They don't know there's a way to go to heaven. They don't even know what heaven is. They don't know what hell is. Why are we here? To be salt and light. This is not a time to just say, well, Pastor Mark, I'm a Christian. I'm born again. I'm growing in Christ. Praise God, I'm going to heaven. Why am I here? To seek and save the lost. Well, no, that's your gift. Oh, no, 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 no. That's all of our gift. How did you become a believer? Someone spoke truth to you. So I want to remind you, we're in very difficult times. The world has no clue. You don't walk to your neighbor and go, I'd like to tell you about the rapture today. Let's see. Oh, and there's a seven-year tribulation. Let's just sit down for a while. Good luck. It isn't going to happen. But I'm explaining it because God gave it to us. It's going to take place. Now, Watch this. By the way, this revelation is huge. Now, let me just talk quickly. I'm going to do other very fast. Look at verse 416, book one. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven, and the dead in Christ will rise first, raptured, caught up to meet the Christ. Thanks for joining Pastor Mark today on Lessons for Living. If you'd like to hear more from this study, you can find additional teachings online now calvaryccm.com. We know that this time in our world is uncertain, but 
one truth remains steadfast. God is in control. During this season, we encourage you to spend time in the Word, in prayer, and in the presence of your Creator. As with many churches across our nation, Pastor Mark and the Calvary Chapel Melbourne community are holding church online. The church isn't the building. It's the people who, despite whatever obstacles are in their way, still worship Jesus and praise His name. We'd love for you to join us. Visit calvaryccm.com forward slash live or join us over on Facebook, YouTube, or Roku. We'll be having services on Saturday at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. We look forward to worshiping with you in this way until we can be gathered together as the body once again. We also know how essential prayer is during this time, and we want you to know we are constantly lifting our listeners up to the Lord. Is there anything specific we can be praying about for you? Let us know by visiting our contact page at calvaryccm.com. Would you do the same for us? Please keep Pastor Mark and our church staff in your prayers, along with our nation's leaders and those affected by this virus. Thank you for praying. That's all for today. Join us again for another edition of Lessons for Living. Hear your